Hello and welcome to the Manchester Weekly from the Mill. I'm Jack Dalhanty and I'm joined by my colleague Molly Simpson. Hi, how's it going? I'm fine, thank you. Today's podcast we're going to be talking about Chanel's Metier d'Art show, which was held in the Northern Quarter just yesterday from our perspective, but mm. depends when this podcast is published for where it will be from yours. But you've, <laughs> you've been reporting on this for quite a while, Mal. That's right, yeah. I've been really intrigued by this story ever since Chanel announced they'd be coming to Manchester for their big annual multi-million pound fashion catwalk. I heard from my neighbour a few months ago that the show was being held in the Northern Quarter. Not as many people thought a big Manchester venue like Aviva Studios or Depot Mayfield. Ever since finding that out as well, I've been even more intrigued. So it was great to see it all come together this week and do a bit more reporting on it. Yeah, so now it's behind us and it was a huge event really. And you've been basically, you didn't get invited, wow, sad. <laughs> but <laughs> none of us got invited, obviously, it's not a surprise. You've been kind of hanging around the area, trying to chat to the different sort of people who are involved and the people that have been attracted to the city to see this show. But the most fun thing that happened was that you got into the after party, which is big cred to you. Uh, I want to start off there, really. Like, what was that like, the, the Chanel after party? It was at Victoria Bath, wasn't it? It was, yeah. It was at Victoria Bath, um, strictly invite-only, but I was talking to Yoshi about it. And I think one thing we were just really fascinated by was the kind of collective hysteria that settled on Manchester, since having all these big A-listers descend on the city, how excited people get by the fact that, you know, the likes of, like, Christian Stewart, Hugh Grant, Sofia Coppola were in the city and we really wanted to get that inside refill with the story so we're thinking is there any way we can get into this after party and she said you know what just give it a go so i got an uber from my house i was wearing i think probably my best dress and heels and i walked through to the entrance and there were a couple of security guards who asked for a wristband and i just said really sorry i don't have one i got a late invite and and i haven't got one yet and one of the security guards just said yeah that's fine come on in so (laughs) And I went, I'm hoping Chanel will respect the hustle. Fort Knox level security there by (laughs) Chanel. Um, Who did you see in there? Did you see any celebs? I saw Jenna Coleman walk past me. I saw a guy around my age, well, our age, who I assume could only be Liam Gallagher's son. He had that swagger. He had the thick, bushy eyebrows. Oh, yeah, he looks exactly like him. Yeah, Yeah, Liam Gallagher's His partner just gave birth to to him again, basically. (laughs) Just cloned him. Yeah. but yeah, you were in there to cover it for a weekend read, which will now be out by the time that this podcast comes yeah. out. And actually, a question that I do want to ask about the after party was, was it actually good? Like, Would you have been there if you didn't have to sneak in for work? <laughs> I probably would. I, at first, I was thinking it was a little bit dead. I sent a video to the staffers group chat for, for the mill team. And there was in Victoria Bath where the swimming pool used to be. It's just this now like big cavernous space. Mm. And they had a DJ at the front big like illuminated projections on the wall of like swimmers and sort of Manchester iconography and sort of various art pieces and there were like only a few people dancing and I think our colleague Jack Walton replied like it's giving year six disco vibes. Yeah it did have that kind of energy to it because it's crazy because that's somewhere that you can book out for like a wedding. Yeah. It's not like a very it doesn't feel very exclusive but I think it leads into what I was about to ask about which was the way that Chanel's kind of tried to use Mm. uh, or is bought into Manchester culture. Culture, mm. but a kind of culture that we talk about quite a lot as being quite tired of like the black mm. and yellow stripes and that kind of thing and that it's quite interesting to see like the pre-show was at Salford Lads Club the mm. post party as you say was at Victoria Bath so they're very much bought into something that doesn't feel particularly new 
for sure yeah it's worth like contextualizing um the metier d'art show they always try and they do it in a different city each time they always try and reflect a bit of that city's heritage and identity and collaborate with local arts leaders Mm. community people to just give a vision of like what the city is now but you're right that i think it reflected a manchester that we've all seen many times before in gift shops in afflecks or in i don't know press releases from the local council it was um yeah but as you say, that's kind of the point, is it's meant to reflect sure. it. It's just not very done it in a, in a hugely original way, which is maybe fine. But, really? you, you know, what is the importance of it coming to Manchester? You've talked yeah. about it coming to other cities. How? What's the sort of things that people are saying about what this should do to the city? Well, Chanel are keeping Stim for a really long time, but they've now told us why they picked Manchester. And they said it's one of the most effervescent cities of pop culture and an avant-garde one whose bands spanning all genres have changed the history of music. So they're really leaning into Manchester's identity as a music city there. Mm. A lot of people are saying, you know, this is just another example of how Manchester's joining the ranks of London, becoming a great a great fashion city. Yoshi's been speaking to a couple of senior figures in the council who have been saying that this is just going to be a huge economic boost for the city in terms of, you know, direct spend. 600 guests were invited, so, you know, people spending in local businesses. All the best hotels in Manchester were booked up, so that's a, that's a great boost for local business as well. You actually found out, Jack, that there were, like, 280 V-Class Mercedes that had been, like, booked from all over the country, like, sourced mm. from all over, just to ferry guests and models and production teams around, so... It's, it's been a big budget affair, It's had and it's given us probably a bit of a local economic boost. I think the deputy leader of Manchester City Council, Lufthra Rahman, said it, it's difficult to quantify the economic impact of it so far, but it's... Yeah, I was just about to get that statement up, actually. Mm-hmm. He said, it's impossible at this stage to even begin to quantify the economic impact hosting the event has had on the city, or to put a figure on it. The true impact will involve not just the direct spending income generated within the city over these last few weeks leading up to and during the event, but also the longer term benefits that will come from the massive boost to Manchester's profile that Chanel's given. Mm. Is that something like, I suppose on a personal level, like he says, there's no real way of quantifying or predicting that and that by the same token, you could argue there might not be any difference after it. If you can't yeah. quantify what it will be, you also can't say that it'll be big. Do you, you know, like, yeah, the, could, there, there yeah. is a lot of scepticism surrounding it, is mm. basically what I'm trying to drive towards, though. Sure, is, sure. is it actually something that will give the city a long-term boost, or is it actually just going to give a lot of very high-end hotels a few weeks of being booked out? Yeah. Or maybe, well, not even a few weeks, one night. How long are these people really going to stick around? Like, you know, now that it's over. I mean, what have the more sceptical voices been saying? Yeah, no, it's a it's a really good point. Dave Hauser made a point about this in his piece about Chanel coming to Manchester mm. uh, out today on his great Substack. Dave Hauser Substack, I think it's called. You know, like you're saying, multiple businesses like have benefited, but you know, is this going to trickle down to the staff who might be on lower wages? Yeah. You know, hospitality, as you've done a lot of reporting on, Jack. You know, it's um, not a very well paid industry, so. Yeah, that does remain to be seen. And there has been a fair bit of scepticism about the event coming to Manchester for other reasons as well. So Dave Haslam said he's unconvinced that it's been good, a good thing for the city. There's a really interesting quote in his piece, which came out today, actually. He says, it intrigues me that the city can be so enthusiastically welcoming an event like this, conceived by a fashion brand with an estimated worth of 53 billion, founded by a Nazi sympathizer, taking over a city so scarred by social deprivation, home to communities suffering a cost of living crisis, created by government policies and corporate profiteering, and a city with such poor air quality, it's the asthma capital of Britain. Quite a mouthful, but... um... Yeah, and I mean, it is, it's a very fair point because 
we've done stories before like for example listeners to, to this podcast might remember we did a podcast about Michaela Ali who mm. was a pregnant hospital worker from Manchester Royal Infirmary that I met she was living in a rat infested loft apartment two streets away or maybe mm. even one street away from, from Thomas Street which was yeah. canopied and now had however many thousands of pounds worth of Chanel clothing walked up and down it and it, it that kind of dichotomy is very clear mm. I mean I think if you lived in the city for long enough and you know you recognize these places like you know northern quarter when you see the number of homelessness charities that are registered and addressed there it's like this is a real hotbed of other issues not just a sort of cultural capital hub or you know as it's being talked Mm. about in this context I, i suppose that is something that's difficult to avoid but as we've already talked about there are there are positives to it it's mm. not an entirely it is very easy i suppose to make those comparisons and be like oh you know well we've also got huge issues with this and that you spoke to people inside the event who agree it's kind of given local artists and other people opportunities in a, in a way that it wouldn't have if it wasn't there what do those people say yeah i met some really interesting people it's worth saying that there's an event going on at victoria bus called manchester modern past present future and this is a collection of, sort of textiles photography art design mainly from local artists it's organised by a great uh, online magazine called Chaos 69 Manchester International Festival and Chanel and that features a lot of local artists I met someone who is featured in that exhibition and they described the atmosphere surrounding the organisation of that it's very very collaborative they said they know a lot of local artists and curators and cultural figures in the city who've sort of been just been getting involved and and just sort of getting a lot of help I also met a few fashion students from various universities in the city they were working the event that they got like a paid opportunity to to work behind the scenes you know these are people who are in their late teens early 20s who Mm. have just been given this amazing opportunity to work at such a huge event so that was really nice to hear you know that people on the inside have have got something good about out of it but then as your piece also attests is that there's people on the outside who are also trying to make use of it coming into the city Mm. it's not just the people Mm. involved in those industries it's people content creators well you you've met one named Mm. uh, rodolfo in the story who's sort of attracted to the event basically a side hustle way of making money with celebrity spotting tell me more about him Yeah, so I met Rodolfo outside the Stock Exchange Hotel, which was rumoured to be one of the many hotels where celebrities and guests at the show would be staying. He works in a private care home in Manchester, specialising in people with sort of issues with like compulsive overeating. His side hustle is celebrity spotting. So this is sort of taking video footage of celebrities leaving events, leaving hotels, leaving restaurants and sort of posting it to YouTube. You sort you can sort of monetize the videos, get get paid advertisers mm. to, to place adverts on the videos and then you, you can make a little bit of money from it. He got the idea when he was in London for this launch of like a new PlayStation game a year ago and he met a guy who did it full time and would like fly around the world just to go to events, just to meet people who could be celebrities or could know celebrities. So it can be kind of lucrative. We were hanging out on Wednesday and Thursday this week, mainly outside the Stock Exchange Hotel. We also took a little walk just outside the event in the northern quarter to like sort of absolutely relentless rain <laughs> i don't know if you remember yeah. it's yeah it was quite unpleasant so yeah it's it's a strange thing it, it's very long hours it requires a lot of patience standing out in the cold it's also very very competitive like i got chatting to a freelance photographer who was working with the men and a photographer from the daily mirror who were also waiting outside the stock exchange hotel and they were saying like oh a good place is the dakota hotel and have you tried this and we've heard that chris stewart is around and then i 
feedback to Rodolfo, like, oh, I've heard this, like, mm. these people trying to help us out. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. I really don't know. Like, you know, what if they're trying to divert us or send us off on the wrong track? Because, mm. you know, it's all about exclusivity with getting a photo. Anyway, I'm getting very in the weeds here, but it does. <laughs> it, yeah, it exemplifies exactly what you're saying. Like, even people, like, on the outside of this event, everyone sort of wants a piece of it, is what Rodolfo was saying. In one everyone, way or another, yeah. Everyone wants to be involved. It was interesting. I came and joined you and Rodolfo just to take some photographs for the story on mm. Tuesday, Thursday, sorry, on the night of the event. And you were right, it was, the, rain, the weather was absolutely abysmal. Horrible. But it wasn't just, you know, uh, there was also kind of like local fashion brands making a sort of a go of it as well. There was one called Drama Call, mm. I think, who were trying to make a kind of statement outside the, the runway. Was it something like that? Yeah, they were throwing T-shirts from over the barrier. I don't know how they were. They were inside Thomas Street. There was this big barrier erected either side. And they were throwing T-shirts over to the crowds, like three T-shirts that said, one said gentrification, the other said, can we swear on the podcast? Not not to that degree, I don't think. I, don't think but, I mean, it's, the, it's the swear word that has C in it. I think C. that's about all you need to know. And in this case, it was an interlocking <laughs> C's in this yeah. case, yeah. So you can you can work that one out. But um, yeah, so they were, I think a lot of people were doing little publicity stunts. We briefly got a coffee outside the Live Well Cafe, and there were a couple of girls who work there who were sort of doing their own publicity thing, giving out free coffees of you can be featured in our, in our TikTok videos. So, mm. you know, massive footfall in the city centre. Hundreds of people were out braving the rain. So, But you, those, I think those scenes definitely brought into focus something that I think you spoke to Morag Rose about, mm. which was this... I mean, well, I, I've got the notes here so I can look at it, but she mm. talked about how this was an example of how easily the rich can take over a public space. Mm. What did she, What else did she say about that? So she was tweeting about the Chanel event. She's a little bit more sceptical about Chanel's presence in Manchester. She says it's a kind of disappointing example of how easily the rich can just take over public spaces and just completely close it down. Mm. And I kind of have to agree in, in a sense, like there were huge swathes of the city just being completely shut down it, it's very bizarre to see an event that takes up so much space in the city center but doesn't seem to lock off so many people mm. in manchester you know like i said it's only 600 attendees like while many of those are local it's, it's still a very sparse and that um, when like because i was there when like those shirts were being thrown around mm. and there was a bunch of people outside trying to film videos and stuff and that's probably when you felt that the most yeah that sense of real like we are the sort of crowds of uninvited <laughs> up against the gates yeah. and there's been loads of videos and like tiktoks of people trying to sneak through and all this sort of thing and it just it began to feel a little bit bleak mm. like when we mm. when we went around to the other side of thomas street and they'd blocked the road all the way down to shoot hill yeah. And it was literally to the point where, like, people were having to tell security guards mm. that they were just going to eat at this and that just so they could get and go and have dinner. Yeah. And it was kind of like, this is such a strange situation at that point. Yeah, it's it's really bizarre. You're, you're absolutely right, yeah. The way that it could take over the city was, was weird. And take over the city, it did. Whether or not it will actually contribute economically as much as we are being told yeah. it will, I suppose, will be something to be seen. But we'll I think... That's probably all that we have time for. Yeah. But um, thank you so much and great work on this piece. It's going over, well, it will be out by now and you can go and read it at manchestermo.co.uk and you can also subscribe to read the rest of our work, which goes out midweek. But yeah, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.